the Fantasy Football Welcome to the Fantasy Football Beat, a podcast that will never let your team die in darkness. I'm Scott Allen. Hi, I'm Des Bieler. Des, we had a wild week 14. The final game of the afternoon slate could have a lot of repercussions on the fantasy playoffs going forward. It was a good game. The Eagles beat the Rams 43-35, to but the potential story of the game, Carson Wentz leaving in the second half with what reportedly the Eagles think could be a torn ACL. Yeah, I mean, geez, Louise, what a bummer. And how many top players are we going to see go out this season? For God's sake. I mean, I guess we're getting yep. Aaron Rodgers back. So right, next that's week. Maybe ne- yeah, next week, yeah. So that's, you know, well, at least there's a ray of sunshine there as far as just being fans of football and obviously Absolutely. fantasy implications. But boy, what if, if it is true, we have to say if, if, if. Right. The early reports are very concerning. Adam Schefter, who rarely gets things wrong, reports that the team is pretty, con- is quote unquote concerned that it's an ACL. And I don't think they would put that out there. Yep. Uh, Aaron Andrews had a uh, report during the game that the staff was walking out of the training room shaking their heads, quote-unquote. Um, you know, it all looks pretty grim. He'll have an MRI exam, I think, on Monday to confirm it, but it looks bad. So if that's true, if Carson Wentz has suffered an ACL, then his season is over, and the Eagles' offense is going to be a lot less uh, fantasy-friendly right. going forward, you would think, because Nick Foles, you know, didn't look great in this game, and there's no reason to think he would be great because he's not Carson Wentz. <laughs> right, there's a reason he's not starting and hasn't been an NFL starter since 2015. I mean, he, he came on, and to his credit, you know, he, he held off the Rams in a, in a tough environment, uh, six for ten in limited action. And getting back to Wentz, kind of the crazy thing about it, he, if he did suffer a torn ACL, he stayed in the game afterwards and threw a touchdown pass to Alshon Jeffrey before being removed from the game. Yeah, for good. Yeah, I mean exactly. These, these football players, they're they're just different from you and I. And obviously, you can stand. You know, if you have a torn ACL, you can stand in place. And in theory, yeah. like he could play if they wanted him to, possibly. You know, end his career. You know, in like an RG three like fashion. Like, you know, they, that's why I'm saying like I, I put in the post. Like I said, he almost certainly ended his season because who right. the heck knows? But you could put like the biggest knee brace out there. But chances are, it's a wrap for him. And he's been so great. Leads the NFL with 33 touchdown passes at, at, after this game, where he threw four. Yeah, just in this game alone you know made a thing out of Nelson Aguilar who was looking like a total bust coming into this season uh, Alshon Jeffrey as you said got him in the end zone didn't have a great game but Jeffrey's been very useful this in this fantasy season and then we saw what he did without Zach Ertz yep who's been such a top fantasy contributor he sits out this game uh, and Trey Burton just jumps in and catches two touchdown passes you know 71 yards receiving so Wentz is making stars out of these guys and you just can't expect Foles to do the same and then you go to the rushing game, and Ajayi was already sort of a shaky commodity, blunt, those guys. Now they're even more less trustworthy to whatever degree of trust you had in them to begin with. Exactly. And if it is, if that was once his final game and they go with Foles, you wonder if they will rely more heavily on that running game. Yeah. And it's been kind yeah. of it's been kind of a carousel. You don't know if it's gonna be blunt or if it's been Ajayi, like you said. Or Clement or yeah, exactly. That's that's a good point. They may lean more on the run, but then who knows who's gonna get the ball in that case. For the Rams and the loss, a, a big day for Cooper Cup. Five catches for 118 yards and a touchdown. And you were happy if you had Todd Gurley in your lineup, 135 total yards and two touchdowns for the Rams running back in defeat. Yeah, I mean, uh, not a lot of g- names pop out here, but some of the usual suspects. I mean, Robert Woods is still out, so you thought Cooper Cup and Sammy Watkins would get most of the work, and it was it was a cup week. He had five catches for 118 yeah. yards, got in the end zone. Really huge game, you know, in and, and, and a bit of a tough assignment against the Eagles secondary. 
Uh, Sammy Watkins didn't do a whole lot, but again, he got in the end zone. He's been doing that of late, so he's been helping you out in that sense. Remains a flex player. Probably no more than that, but you'll take that considering what you got in the first half of the season, which was a whole lot of nothing. Uh, you know, and Goff does enough to kind of stay afloat, and especially in two QB leagues. But yeah, Gurley is really the story here. He just, you know, keeps on rocking. So stay tuned on Wentz. The Bills beat the Colts 13-7 to in snowy Buffalo, and this was the yeah, kind of game that— Understatement of the year, <laughs> by the way. You, this is the kind of game that you just you love to watch if you don't have guys uh, playing for your fantasy football playoff lives here because, you know, not that there are a lot of guys on either team that you're probably starting. I mean, T.Y. Hilton, a risky start anyway, but especially the receivers. When you saw this forecast, it's a 1 o'clock game. You can make the easy decision to, to sit guys like Kelvin Benjamin, Hilton— you wonder, you know, whether the quarterbacks will be able to do anything. But surprisingly, there were a couple of a decent performances for such a low-scoring, snowy game. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I think it. I think you got you got what you could hope for out of the two guys. You might have thought would get the ball a lot in this game. That being the primary running backs for each team, you figured they're they're not going to try to throw very much in this they game. Couldn't, yeah, and they didn't. It's, and you knew the Bills didn't want to throw even if it were perfect conditions because they were putting out Nathan Peterman out there in place of Tyrod Taylor. So it actually worked out really really well for Lashawn McCoy, who we did see a couple years ago. The Eagles played a, a really snowbound game, and he was huge in that one. And it can work in the favor of running backs because. There's not so little traction they can't move, but it does make it more difficult for defenders to kind of keep up with their 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 you know their movement. So uh, they, both he and Frank Gore got the ball a ton. Frank Gore, I mean, 13 years in the NFL and he had a career high in carries today. Yeah, 36 carries for 130 <laughs> yards. Didn't get in the end zone. Uh, McCoy did 32 carries for 158 yards. Um, you know, and and was just spectacular. So you had to love that if you started those guys. Yeah, yeah. The only receiver you might have thought about starting in this game, I guess you could have started Kelvin Benjamin. He got in the end zone, didn't do a lot beyond that, and then Jack Doyle did almost nothing. But he almost he also got in the end zone. So yep. in a way, you know, for a low scoring game, it worked out pretty much for every, for every fantasy player who could reasonably have been started. I think. Right. The Bears beat the Bengals thirty three to seven, and just as I said on Wednesday, Jordan Howard really struggled for Chicago. Not so much. After doing nothing against the 49ers, Des, he absolutely shreds the Bengals. 147 yards and two touchdowns. I know I drafted him in the first round in a lot of leagues. I've been waiting for this. You know, in some leagues I was patient and, and had him in there today, but I, I benched him in, in a couple leagues, i got to be honest. Yeah, I mean, it, it's he's been very, very up and down, very hit or miss, a lot of misses, and this looked in theory like a tough assignment, although, you know, without Vontae's perfect, the Bengals weren't quite True. what they were before, and they might just be in phone-it-in mode at this point. Like, After blowing that lead to the, to yeah, the Steelers. I, yeah. yeah, exactly. They look like a team that lost, that really took it hard, that their loss last week, and it was just ugly in general, and maybe they're just, and you're hearing reports that um, Marvin Lewis, their longtime coach, this might be the last season for him, so this could all be sort of imploding, which wouldn't be the first time that ever happened in Cincinnati, but yeah, you had to love what you saw from Jordan Howard, Mitch Trubisky. You weren't expecting a whole lot, but you know, in that sense, maybe he did better than you would have thought. Threw for a touchdown and 271 yards, and also uh, ran for a touchdown. And then out of nowhere, you had Kendall yeah, Wright. Totally uh, out of nowhere. Yeah, I don't think we're going to see many of those, so I wouldn't go running to the waiver wire for him. And if you had Tyler Croft in at tight end for, as a replacement for either Ertz or Gronkowski, or if you'd just been rolling with him, he disappointed. One target and a big fat zero. For Croft, yeah, but you know, you you there were high hopes for Giovanni Bernard subbing in for Joe Mixon, and he did he did right by his owners. Yeah. Uh, didn't get in the end zone, but accumulated 130 uh, total yards, so did well by you. AJ Green, unfortunately, this is his uh, sixth game of the season with fewer than 75 yards and no touchdowns. Six of those games that have been generally pretty poor, so he's had a little bit of a worse fantasy season than I think we would have expected. 
I think you called on Wednesday a Browns victory, first win of the year, and it sure looked that way. Darn up twenty-one it. to seven in the second half, the Packers came back and won twenty-seven twenty-one in OT, and we saw the good Brett Hundley again, just in time for for Aaron Rodgers' return next week. Yeah, my, I I I thought I really, you know, I had this one dialed in. I really thought it was going to be <laughs> uh, the Browns' first win of the season. It should have been twenty-one-seven, not just in the second half, but in the fourth quarter, yeah. and they just in Browns-like fashion let it slip away, and then in overtime, my God, Deshaun Kaiser. I mean, what was that throw all about? I caramba. Yeah, for most of the game, Brett Hundley was not that great, but by the end of it, he certainly put up great numbers. But presumably that'll be it for him this season in fantasy, assuming Aaron Rodgers can stay upright. You know, the big big story on that side of the field was Jamal Williams. I thought maybe Aaron Aaron Jones would get a little bit more run. Yeah, you know he broke off that game-winning touchdown run last in last, week, last you know, week. Yeah, yeah, in just you know reminded us like, oh yeah, that guy looked really good earlier in the season. Uh, but J- Jamal Williams got all the work here, went well over 100 yards, two touchdowns, uh, and Devontae Adams again. That connection with Hundley is clicking. Yep. Favorite uh, target. By Jordy far. Nelson again, a total stiff as I predicted earlier, and he will be an interesting name to see next week uh, if he can get it clicking, assuming Aaron Rodgers does play. Yeah, and then on the other side, Josh Gordon had his second straight. Pretty good game. He was not as many catches as last week. Three catches for 69 yards, but he did score this week. He did all his damage in the first half. And then Corey Coleman, kind of a forgotten wide receiver, and we thought that would continue with Gordon uh, demanding most of the targets. He had five catches for 62 yards and a touchdown for Cleveland. Yeah, you got, I mean, all four of those players, Crowell, Duke Johnson, Josh Gordon, Corey Coleman, gave you good games. So if anybody started them, they have nothing to complain about. Browns fans have plenty to complain about, but not not necessarily fantasy owners. The Chiefs jumped out to a 26 to nothing lead and held off the Raiders by 11. And just as soon as we bury Kareem Hunt, he bounces back in time for the playoffs. 138 total yards and a touchdown. It seems like it's been forever since he had a game like that. Uh, decent days for Tyreek Hill and Travis Kelsey for the Chiefs, though neither of them scored. Yeah, and I, I don't think this was a shock to see Hunt finally do well. I mean, eventually he was going to have a good game. I, I think it was unlikely he was going to go the entire rest of the season after Week Five being <laughs> pretty useless. Uh, so, but and and the Raiders, you know, are not a very good defense on the road. So a lot a lot pointing in uh, Kansas City's favor. But it's good to see him take advantage of it because he'd had some good matchups earlier that he'd not taken advantage of. It was his first hundred yard rushing day since Week Five, and of course his first touchdown since Week Three. So welcome back, uh, Kareem Hunt. Travis Kelsey, you know, had an okay day, seven catches for seventy four mm-hmm. yards. Came really close to a couple of touchdowns so it could have been a huge day for him so his owners uh could be a little bit bummed out that he didn't do more for them marshawn lynch scored for the fifth straight game and a guy we talked about last week you kind of cursed last week jared cook of course garbage time touchdown you know probably on a lot of benches this week after his recent performances yeah, you know, you just I'm not taking anything out of that. Like Jared Cook, you can have him if you want. <laughs> he, he did it almost nothing for the previous three weeks. Uh, Marshall Lynch was was solid, as you said. Uh, and you know, Derek Carr though, I think was the big story there for Oakland. Looked really shaky, and yes. you know, I'm not sure what's going on there because Kansas City's defense has been terrible of late, and Carr really struggled to do much against it for almost the whole game. Cowboys beat the Giants 30 to 10, and props to you if you continue to roll with Dak Prescott. Huge game for him, 332 yards and three touchdowns against the G-Men. And Rod Smith, despite getting not quite as much of the load as Alfred Morris last week, and at least on the ground this week, 162 total yards and two touchdowns for Smith. Yeah, and I, I don't know if that makes Smith a, a start next week or not. I mean, I guess if you're desperate, you can you can hope for a lightning strike twice again. I mean, he, he had an 81-yard touchdown. You're not going to see that too often. Right. But it was encouraging, encouraging for Dak Prescott, who had his biggest game since Week 9, and very encouraging for Des Bryant to see him break off a big play. He'd had really none of those. His previous longest touchdown I saw online was 15 yards. 
Oof. Yeah, so I mean, no huge plays basically for Des Bryant. So he finally broke one off here, and that was good to see. And that's a couple of weeks in a row with a touchdown for Bryant. Meanwhile, for the Giants, nobody had <laughs> the guy who scored their lone touchdown, Rhett Ellison, yeah. uh, with the lone score for New York. Yeah, and uh, I mean, you know, with all, all the hullabaloo over Eli Manning getting his job back, I mean, it was easy to forget that, like, he lost it for a reason. He wasn't very good, and that's why he got benched, and he wasn't very good in this game. So, uh, you know, I, I don't know what to take away from that, except, you know, uh, Evan Ingram is really kind of the only player you want to put out there. Sterling Shepard did, did nothing. He played through a hamstring injury, So, but if you saw him on the field, you would have hoped he would catch a few balls against a pretty vulnerable Dallas defense. Did not. The other story here was Wayne Gallman uh, kind of out, outdoing Orleans Darkwa, by and large, in this game. I don't know what to take away from this other than that fantasy football is just a cruel endeavor. But in the Lions 24 to 21 win over the Bucks, somebody lost a fantasy matchup because Theo Riddick went off for the Lions. Two touchdowns, 93 total yards. He's another guy who's probably on a lot of waiver wires given what a disappointment he's been this year, but he came up big against the Bucks. Yeah, and he if he's on waiver wires, he won't be after this week, not only because of the big game, big game he had, but because uh, Amir Abdullah, I think, was benched. I mean, th- he had a neck injury, yep. but supposedly that wasn't really the reason he didn't play. So, I mean, if he's not going to play, you know, that opens up all sorts of opportunities for Riddick. And Tion Green, who we talked about last week, because yes. he had a, a kind of a breakout game, the undrafted <laughs> rookie, didn't do much no, did today. So grab, a, grab Riddick if he's out there. And a totally random outing by Eric Ebron. Ten <laughs> catches for 94 yards. Where did that come from? Who knows? Way, you know, he, did, he did way more than he had in right. any previous game this season, so I wouldn't make much out of that. Doug Martin returned for the Bucks, and he scored the touchdown on the ground, but Peyton Barber had more carries, was more efficient. And then we thought Mike Evans might struggle against Darius Slay. He did. A very disappointing day for Evans' owners. Two catches for 25 yards. The leading receiver for the Bucks as Chris Godwin. Yeah, rookie. I mean, a, a well-regarded rookie, but still, yeah, a very disappointing outing for Jameis Winston, who I started at least one league over Russell Wilson, and we'll get to that, but that was not a good decision. <laughs> and I think a lot of people who picked up Peyton Barber were pretty annoyed to see Doug Martin get the start here. And then sure enough, the game unfolds. Martin does score in a short touchdown, but again, he looks like Doug Martin, which is, say, not good. This year's version of Doug Martin, 10 carries for 26 yards. Again, thoroughly outplayed by Barber. So yep. Barber owners, hang on to him. You know, if the Bucks are have any sense whatsoever, which is questionable given Dirk Cutter is running the show there, you know, they'll get the ball more to Barber. Otherwise, yeah, kind of an odd, frustrating game for owners of various Bucks. Jameis Winston threw one of his touchdown passes to an offensive lineman. <laughs> so, you know, that doesn't help anybody. So uh, O.J. Howard gets the other touchdown, and he has been creeping up and being slightly useful, but not so much that you'd want to start him, I think. The Panthers' 31-24 to win over the Vikings featured one of the more surprising lines of the day. Jonathan Stewart, 16 carries for 103 yards and three touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, he came into the game with three touchdowns all season. So this uh, kind of sort of came out of nowhere, especially against the Vikings defense. I mean, I, I would not have started Jonathan Stewart with anything approaching confidence. He, yep. had, a, he had a couple, he had one 62-yard run, which at this stage in his career, you're not expecting from Stewart. And so I think this has the whiff of flukiness about it, to, uh, to say the least. Uh, Cam Newton did what you kind of expected against that tough Vikings defense, which is, is to say not very well, but he was able to pad his stats with a, with a big run of his own. That was he, a beauty. Yeah, so he, he picked up 70 yards on the ground. So that really kind of saved his bacon. And Christian McCaffrey did almost nothing. And Greg Olson did nothing. Zero catches on one target for the tight end back from that foot injury. You yeah, wonder he, how healthy he really no, is. No, he's a sketchy star. I think with that foot, you gotta, you got to – if the Carolina doesn't give him a week off, his owner should give him a week off and see what happens. Yep, no trust in him next week. Adam Thielen for the Vikings, six catches for 105 yards and a touchdown in defeat. The 49ers beat the Texans 26-16, to 16, a 
300-plus-yard day for Jimmy Garoppolo, and he found his favorite target again. Good chemistry with Marquise Goodwin, who went over 100 yards. But what stands out to me, Des, is that it doesn't matter who's at quarterback for the Texans. DeAndre Hopkins is having himself a year. Yeah, it's true. He is QB proof. I mean, he's getting it done with Tom Savage, and then Savage gets concussed in this game in a really ugly-looking play, and then he came back later, and there are going to be all sorts of questions raised about that. But in fantasy terms, it's important to know that he was replaced by T.J. Yates, who actually looked better than Savage has for most of the season, and it wouldn't be a shock to see Yates kind of get the nod there going forward, although Bill O'Brien seems to love Tom Savage for whatever reason. <laughs> but the main thing is, as you were alluding, DeAndre Hopkins, 11 catches, 149 yards, two touchdowns. Yeah, it doesn't matter who's slinging it. You remember the season he had a couple years ago where he was incredible with a slew of awful Texas quarterbacks. So yep. he's QB-proof. Unfortunately, not so QB-proof. Your guy, Steven Anderson, <sighs> Pick Went up down the in flames oh, in a couple leagues. Didn't work out at all. <laughs> hey, look, I touted him also on, on the Wednesday <laughs> podcast. We both uh, whiffed on that one. So sorry, listeners, anybody who picked him up to play him. Our apologies. He still he wound up with six targets. I think almost yeah. all of them came in the second half because I'm looking at the box score and like, where is Steven Anderson? Now, granted, <laughs> Will Fuller did return, and that took some of the targets away, but yep. it's a huge letdown after his – his <laughs> breakout, maybe one good performance of the of yeah. The year I mean, last it just week. goes show you know these guys. There's a lot of speculation involved. Look, it, it, you know, you're you're projecting. You you see one good game and you think, okay, if the situation remains like this or, or similar to this, maybe we can see more of it. But it doesn't always happen. It's just the way it breaks. The Broncos shut out the Jets, 23 to nothing. Good day for you if you started the Denver defense <laughs> and. Demarius Thomas, eight catches, 93 yards, and a touchdown. And that's pretty much it from this game. This was an ugly game from a, a scoring standpoint. Certainly none of the Jets performed. Um, Robbie Anderson, who had been performing so well, three catches for 27 yards. Josh McCown, who had been discussed as a potential fill-in for, you know, if you're going to bench Russell Wilson against the Jaguars, he broke his hand when yep. he left 46 yards through the air and an interception when he left the game. This was gruesome for oh. the Jets, you know, and, and I had made them my team to watch in the Wednesday podcast, kind of thinking, like, they've been playing really well on offense. Yeah. This, this will be a tough test. I know the Broncos' defense hasn't exactly been its usual self of late, but it's still at Denver. Still, you know, they still have their cornerbacks, and sure enough, the Jets laid a complete egg. Yeah, there's nothing to take away from there except I guess Robbie Anderson was due a bad game, and he got one. Uh, nobody in the Jets did anything, and if McCown is out and if he broke his, his left – it's his non-throwing hand, but if it's broken, he probably can't play. And then you've right. got – uh, Bryce Petty or, or dare I say Christian Hackenberg, you know, for the three games that are left are against the Saints, Chargers, and Pats. So those are tough matchups to begin with. So, you know, it, that, that looks bad for uh, people who are getting pretty excited about Robbie Anderson needs to need to dial back their expectations a little bit here. Yeah. And as you said, on the other side of the ball, not a lot to report there either. C.J. Anderson got a lot of work, didn't do much with it. He continues to sort of eclipse Devontae Booker, though, of late. And Demarius Thomas, as you said, a huge game. He had uh, his most yards since week five and almost as many as in, as in his previous three weeks combined. And he caught his first touchdown not thrown by Brock Osweiler. So yeah. something something there. I mean, I, you know, I think he was seen as kind of a sketchy start. So this might Definitely. solidify faith in Demarius uh, for the next couple weeks. This next game might have featured even less fantasy scoring. You might think it was played in a hurricane or a blizzard, but it was in the climate-controlled University of Phoenix Stadium. The Cardinals beat the Titans 12-7, to four Phil Dawson field goals for the Cardinals, who got 73 yards on the ground from Kerwin Williams, and just a dreadful day for Marcus Mariota and the Titans. Yeah, Mariota has been really bad this year. He has just two games with with two touchdown passes. No games with more than two touchdown passes and just two games with just that many. And he has four games with at least two interceptions, uh, including today, no TDs today. 
you know, a lot of people are blaming Mike Malarkey, Terry Rabisky, who probably, yeah, should not be an offensive coordinator at this point <laughs> in his career. Uh, so there, there's blame to go around, but the fact remains, like, Mariota has been bad this season. He doesn't seem to be, seems to be getting worse, if anything, and he's taking that offense down with him. I mean, we saw Delaney Walker had previously been solid. He had his fewest yards in his past seven games. I still think he's a tight end one. Yeah. But uh, Rashard Matthews had had some nice moments, had his fewest yards all season. Really a rough outing for just about everybody. Larry Fitzgerald, who's been super dependent, didn't do much against the Titans secondary that has had trouble reining people in. So, yep, pretty ugly game. Phillip Rivers and the Chargers stayed hot in a 30-13 to win over the Redskins. And, it was a pretty good day for Rivers. He had 256 yards passing in the first half, along with two touchdowns. But the problem was the Chargers got out to such a big lead that he was benched with 11 minutes to go. The Chargers kind of took the foot off the gas, and Kellen Clemens came in to replace him. A lot of offense, though, in this one does. If you started a Charger, they probably performed. Melvin Gordon, Hunter Henry, Keenan Allen, Tyrell Williams, all with big days for Los Angeles. I mean, if you started Tyrell Williams, you know, congrats to you because that was a desperation start, but it came through in spades. Yeah, he had a huge game. He had a 75-yard touchdown catch. Yeah, the, the Chargers pretty much romped, and you know, Samaj P. Ryan. We see again. We see what happens. Like if the Redskins aren't winning. Uh, then it's going to be probably a tough day for him, although he did have 17 carries. They, tr- they went so, balance in this one. Yeah, and, and this was against a defense that was the second-worst run defense uh, in terms of yards allowed per game. So you would have hoped he could do more with 17 carries. I certainly would have hoped so because I started him over Demarius Thomas in a game I probably needed to win. Uh, that didn't work out very well. He caught four passes, so that's odd. Yeah, you know, so in PPR doesn't leagues, normally do that. Yeah, so I mean... You never thought you'd say, well, if you were in a PPR format, Samaj P. Ryan didn't do terribly for you, but that's what we're left with. So, yeah, very, you know, the, the Chargers defense is just tough, man. I mean, they, they can rush the passer and they can defend the pass. Yeah. And so, you know, you, you, you want to be able to run the ball. And it was clear the Redskins tried to establish the run, but it just didn't work out at all. Yeah, I think the Chargers had 20 sacks in their last six or seven games coming into this one. And the Redskins did a pretty good job of protecting Cousins in the first half, but he didn't, he was, something was off. I mean, he only finished with 151 passing yards he did throw a touchdown pass to vernon davis who has been absent the last few weeks but but other than that a, a disappointing day for cousins yeah and the, and the chargers are just hot right now so they should all your chargers maybe not tara williams because I, I still need to see a little bit more from him but you know your usual charges keenan allen especially four games straight games over 100 yards hunter henry i think has become a very safe start amongst tight ends so get those guys out there again my guy melvin gordon inefficient but good for fantasy and when have we ever said that before oh that's right all the time <laughs> The Jaguars beat the Seahawks 30 to 24. This was a this was an interesting game. This we talked a lot on Wednesday about, you know, whether or not to bench Russell Wilson. And you know, it seemed like a good idea against this Jaguars defense going into the game. It seemed like a great idea at halftime when the Jaguars led 3 to nothing and and Wilson had done nothing. But yeah. as he's done throughout the year, he came on in the second half and despite throwing three interceptions, he wound up with a pretty solid fantasy day in defeat. A very good fantasy day, absolutely. I mean, 271 yards passing, three touchdown passes, 50 yards on the ground. You know, yeah, that, that offsets the three interceptions quite nicely. thing with Russell Wilson, yeah, I mean, yes, and this is such a proving ground for him at Jacksonville. And after one half, certainly all of us who said bench Russell Wilson, which, yeah. which we said on this podcast on Wednesday, we're looking pretty good, and then we had to eat our words. <laughs> you know, he just he throws deep. He goes deep over and over again. And we saw a couple of inter- interceptions look like terrible passes because he throws deep into coverage, and you're like, what are you doing? That was right. just a layup for the, for the opponents. But, you know, he just keeps going to that well, and he hits it more often than not. And, of course, he's so good at extending plays that he, he he gives his receivers time to get open downfield but he's just not at all afraid to wing it down there which makes him unlike a lot of quarterbacks in this day and age and I think that might be part of his success is that 
you know, there's so many quarterbacks now, they go with high percentage passes, or, or, or the whole offensive scheme is geared toward right. high percentage passing, short passing, various versions of the West Coast offense. And then along comes this guy, scrambles yeah. around, and chucks it deep over and over again. And I think d- defenses are kind of caught off guard by that. And that's why Wilson is just gold in fantasy. Yeah, and it's, it's a lot of fun to watch that Seahawks offense when they're able to get any sort of protection. But like you said, even when the, when the pocket breaks down, he's able to scramble, keep plays alive. He wound up with 50 rushing yards today. Yeah. Uh, touchdown passes to all three of his, his top wideouts. And surprisingly, maybe Jimmy Graham, a, a big zero for him as well, along with Greg Olson. Zero catches yeah. on two targets for Graham. It, um, was a, it was a dud for him and very surprising. Yeah, I mean, to get nothing out of Jimmy Graham, especially on a good day for Russell Wilson. Exactly. And then on the other side of the ball, Leonard Fournette, over 100 yards and a touchdown. And the rookies, I talked up D.D. Westbrook a few weeks ago. He finally had a, a pretty good game here, a touchdown for him and a long touchdown for Keelan Cole, a, another rookie. They both outshine Marquise Lee for Jacksonville. Yeah, and Westbrook has been touted in the fantasy community, and he's gotten a lot of work, and uh, it just ha- it hadn't previously converted to a lot of production, but it certainly did in this game. But, you know, and, he, and you look at it, he has 27 targets in his past three games. I mean, that's a player who needs to be started in fantasy at the very least as a flex, probably maybe not more than that because – you know, the expectations should be held somewhat in check. Uh, but, yeah, you know, he's, he's very much a name of interest. And Keelan Cole, as a desperation play, I mean, this was his second straight game with a touchdown. He's clearly involved in the offense. And, uh, you know, the, the Seahawks are not what they were in the secondary for sure, but they're still a bit of a test. So good job by the, by the Jaguars to get them the ball. Real quickly, on the Thursday game, we started this podcast talking about Carson Wentz's injury, which may turn out to be season-ending. You hope that isn't the case for Alvin Kamara, who left the game and on Thursday in the first series with a concussion. But it certainly you know, changed the, the Saints offense. It probably left a lot of owners frustrated. You hope for the best for, for Alvin Kamara and that he's able to bounce back. But, I mean, he already had, I think, like three or four catches on that first drive. The, the offense was rolling. And after that, I mean, Breeze and even Mark Ingram, just they didn't, the offense didn't look the same. It was a it was a huge blow to Kamara's fantasy owners on, on, on what is for most leagues the first week of the fantasy playoffs. He'd been carrying teams. You know, the only benefit I think was that a lot of teams may have had first round buys because he's just been that True. good. But if you're relying on him, absolutely. I mean, it looked early on like he was going to have a huge night. He had three catches on three targets for 25 yards. Was sort of romping around, yep. doing Kamara things. Looked unstoppable. Stuff. And then on the flip side, when he went out, if you were an Ingram owner, you must have thought, like, oh, my God. Big night coming. Big yeah. night for him, right. And it didn't quite happen, right? You know, he had 12 carries for 49 yards, five ca- uh, four catches for 43 yards. You know, so okay, but not great. Didn't get in the end zone. A little bit of a disappointment there, but I think that goes to the fact that the whole Saints offense now, if Kamara is not around, not making big plays, it's just not the same offense. So maybe it shouldn't have been that surprising. And then the only other thing we saw there was Michael Thomas. has yeah. just been so steady. In, in all season long, but he had season highs in targets and catches with 10 for 117 and got in the end zone. He's really been uh, so great for his fantasy owners, just week in, week out. Yep, huge game for Thomas. And the Falcons won despite an awful game for Matt Ryan, three interceptions. Uh, Devontae Freeman bounced back 91 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Mohamed Sanu, also a good game, 83 yards and a score. And Julio Jones, he didn't find the end zone, but 98 yards for his owners. Yeah, Ryan really looked shaky in this one. And I don't know what they're doing with the game plan, but he had no throws to his running backs. 
Like they had, hmm. they didn't even have a target. Never mind a catch. Like, and this was a team that thrived off of Such passes. A part to of their running. game, yeah. Yeah. So like, well, I don't know what they're doing there. Like, I, I don't know if the Saints really took it away. I mean, I don't know how you can take away passes to running backs and to such a degree that the team doesn't do it at all. But that's that struck not just me, but a lot of observers as very odd that a struggling Falcons, uh, you know, offense wouldn't make more use out of Freeman and Coleman right. coming out of the backfield. So maybe they'll do more of that next week. You'd right. like to see that. Very strange. Stay tuned. And with that, a reminder to subscribe to this podcast on iTunes and Stitcher. Check out all of our great fantasy football content on WashingtonPost.com. And as always, you can reach out to us on Twitter. I'm at Scott S. Allen. I'm at Des Beeler. Get those waiver claims in. 